Though it's all happening, Candace Warner are not with us again, gallivanting around the world as is her want and good again. for her again. Hey, um, oh, first of all, James Graham, welcome in Candace's place. Hello. Great to be here. Wonderful to have you here. Uh, I think she's in Bali the next couple no. of weeks, but I know where she's going in the third week. Really? You would n- never guess. Okay. Antarctica. <laughs> no. Oh. You haven't right, guessed then. it. The thing is, I know, I've told James, but we don't want you to know. Because it's that much fun. Oh, you can somehow turn this to, you know, having fun at my yeah. expense. You can guess any time no. you want over the next three weeks. You will never guess where she is. And, and when she comes back, she's going to reveal where she's been. My God. This is what this show has descended into. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump straight into some Thursday night footy. I mean, we've got plenty on the Battle of the Bridge today. Swans Giants, uh, Jude Bolton going to preview that. Robbie Slater looks uh, forward to the Matildas Denmark game on Monday. But Friday night footy, well, I know you're right across that, James, because uh, you were doing a bit of work for Fox League last night. You looked dapper in a I suit. I saw you. Dapper. Oh, thank yeah. you. It's, it's the first time I've seen you in pants, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> wow. Long Let's pants. not reveal too much. <laughs> uh, it's the first time you hadn't seen his knees that, while he was that's dressed. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, oh, thank you for the, the, the compliments on the on the dress. I'd like to think I articulated a couple of points about the game quite well as well. Yeah, but, no, uh, was good. yeah, you know, they, they, they make you up pretty well, the, yeah, the people behind the scenes. But enough Fox about there. you. Yeah, right. yeah. Onto the games. Wow, the the Penrith Panthers. Mate. They were just phenomenal. Ah, like, clinical. Nathan Cleary. He just mesmerises uh, opposition mm. defenses. He just seems to have so much time. The yeah. the combination between him, Isaiah Yo, uh, Jerome Luai, and Dylan Edwards is fantastic. But it's just what the Panthers can do defensively. Uh, to the opposition. Melbourne Storm had uh, a number of opportunities, a number of play the balls, especially in the second half, mm. and they were lost for answers, and it's due to Penrith's systematic defence. Oh, they mate. just look so comfortable yeah. on their own trial. Pretty even for that first 20 minutes, but after that, and after the send-off, I don't know if you noticed the trainer leaving the field. He was sent off by the referee. No more. No more on-field coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And that's when it stopped being even. <laughs> Jimmy, who's the Storm trainer? Yeah, it was former player Ryan Hinchcliffe. Yeah. I, oh. The referee stopped the game and said, uh, you, you, you're you off. Mm. And we, we all thought, well, what's happened in back play? And yeah. then... Next thing well, you know, it's Ryan You know Hing- what's happening in back play because you've been the beneficiary of it as well. He's there with a water bottle telling people where to stand in defence. Yeah, well, I, I actually think he had a, a, a bit of a, a pop at the referee in one of the decisions. Oh, yeah, I, I don't. I, oh, I, no. think he, I think he went a little bit Man. further and Ryan. was you know, giving some, let's just say some... Some uh, lip, some feedback, some, some advice, yeah, yeah. some constructive maybe, criticism, maybe some yeah, yeah. <laughs> advice around how uh, the re- the game should or shouldn't right. be refereed. When you're, when you're actually committing an offence by giving people advice on where they should stand, shouldn't you just keep your mouth shut and your head down? Yeah, well, I, I don't think it, he was sent off for, for time on the field or, right. or advice or, or game plan to the the Melbourne Storm players. Right. I think he may have had a, a quiet word with well, the referee. What about? I thought the Gold Coast up against the Warriors. I thought the Gold Coast were very brave. With the, 12 men, absolutely. Yes. Very tenacious. Yes, they, they really were. Jaden Campbell, what a superstar he is turning out to be. They suffered a lot of adversity, the, the Titans, with AJ Brimson being ruled out just on kickoff pretty much. Mm. Uh, a five-day turnaround after their magnificent victory against the Cowboys. Uh, and and they mostly were, with 12 men. Yeah, mostly with 12 men. Um it was 12 on 12 for a little bit. I, there was some very uh, questionable refereeing decisions there. Uh, I think it was Randall who was just on report yeah. for a high shot, then uh, a, send, a send off of Mo Fodawaka for he, a high shot. Did he lose control there, Ben Cummins? Well, the most bizarre of all the decisions 
Uh, David Fafita and uh, Nia Kore mm. came to a, a bit of a push and a shove. And you look, we want consistency in the yeah. game. Um, it's hard to get it throughout a year. Mm. Hard to get it throughout a week or a round of fixtures. Uh, it's hard to get it in a game because yeah. we know that the situations lead to different things. But what I'd like to see is in the same incident um, consistency Police be applied problem, yeah. because it seemed to me that David Fafita and Nia Cora did exactly the same things to yeah. one another. Um, Nia Cora was sent for 10 minutes for... Uh, was there a I, I don't slapping even, there? Well, I don't even know if you <laughs> can call it I thought I detected... Did you say a slapping? Well, it, 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 there was open hand to the face that's, from that's both players on one another. But but how come Nia Cora got sent to the bin well, one must Fafita have been didn't. a normal slap, and one must have been a bitch slap. <laughs> that's that's ah, there is a difference. There is a difference. It, it was bizarre. About the Warriors, are, are there a few chinks in that armor now? Obviously, they've been touted as you know they could go all the way this year, but you know, sort of just getting over the line against the twelve men Titans team. Do you start to worry if you're a fan? No, not really. I okay. think um, you're not going to get perfection each and every time that sure. they play. Uh, it was just about getting the two points for the Warriors yesterday. They've got a, a, a softer run in. They yeah. don't play anybody um, from inside the top eight currently until the end of the season. So, uh, look, they'll need they'll need to to be, play better mm. in the finals. And but they'll it's need about Sean Johnson, yeah, because uh, his kicking game at the moment is pretty sublime. Yeah, he was outstanding. Two tries uh, yesterday, um, and he when he turns those gears up and goes up up a notch, uh, the Warriors look. Look sensational. I don't think the Warriors will be looking as yesterday's performance as the benchmark. Yeah. Uh, they've got a softer run into the finals, but come September time, Coach Andrew Webster will get them Probably firing. encouraging. They would have lost that game a couple of years ago. This year they're winning them. You yeah, know? So, absolutely. Uh, the Titans, yeah, just lost to the Warriors 28-18. And, of course, the Panthers flogged the storm. And isn't that nice to say? 26-6. to Oh, you like it. On Sydney's Triple M, it is the Dead Suck okay. Legends. Uh, big game in the AFL. Local derby uh, tonight. It is the Swans taking on the Giants. And a great of the game, uh, one of the Swans, well, the Swans' biggest player, Buddy Franklin, has retired during yes, the week. Retired. Effective immediately. Going to unpack it all with Jude Bolton, Triple M's own, right after ACDC on Sydney's Triple M. Dead Set Legends. A huge local derby in the AFL tonight. Giants doing battle with the Swans, the former looking to consolidate their spot in the top eight. Ladder looking to sneak in there to preview it, joined by Triple M's own Jude Bolton. Morning, my man. Brendo, Rich, Jimmy, how are you, fellas? Oh, oh we're well. Wonderful, brother. Giants coming in real hot, mate. Seven, uh, seven oh. on the bounce. Can they make it eight against the Swans? I know you don't want that, but can they? <laughs> Absolutely, they can. They're they're absolutely one of the form sides of the competition, and and playing just you know on the back of incredible defensive outfits. So Sam Taylor's come back in in the lineup halfway through the year, and oh, he's just been outstanding. Like so resolute in defence, and um, once they once you've got that sort of ba- uh, back line like that, playing like that, and the midfield firing, it's uh, pretty hard to contend with. We'll have no buddy for this match because he's retired during mm. the week. Now he's been. A phenomenon. I, I, I cannot speak highly enough. I mean, look, he hasn't been at his best this year. I suspect that's probably because he's had niggling injuries, and in the end, in, injury stopped him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's uh, he's been a phenomenal player, as you mentioned. Just a, an incredible legacy, I think, to play across two big clubs in Hawthorne and Sydney. And, uh, you know, even when he signed that nine-year deal, um, everyone was like, God, no, key forwards cannot even last the distance. Um, you know, he'll be playing until he's 35, 36, and sure enough, he actually signed a one-year extension last year um, because he's still in great form. And um, and he's just had a, a huge impact on the players around him. Some of those young key forwards for the Swans, the likes of Logan McDonald, Joel Lamardi, Hayden McLean, 
he's been a great mentor to them, and um, he leaves a, just a great legacy at the Swans. Can I just ask this? This is my conspiracy theory here. Oh. <laughs> Buddy, Buddy retires theory. immediately, and then a negotiation that's been going on with Harry Himmelberg for possibly months Ooh. is concluded within 48 hours oh. of that. Do you reckon that the, the Giants have just gone, geez, they've got a lot of money now, the Swans, let's just sign up Harry, give him whatever he wants? I can tell you it doesn't take two days to get a contract done. It's like, um, no, nah, that would have been in the wings for a while, and I think they've just chose to, chose to announce it after that period. But what a signing for, for the Giants. Yeah. He's uh, one of the hottest prospects at the moment, Harry Himmelberg, because he can play in, in, the, in, the, in defence and up forward, and um, he'll be pretty tough to, tough to handle this tonight. There you go. Shot down immediately. That's unlike your conspiracy. I, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I still think my conspiracy has legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jude, uh, looking ahead to the future and season 2024, the NRL looking to go to Vegas, but the AFL, uh, what are the chances of Sydney stealing a march on the NRL and, and, and hosting those uh, opening round fixtures? Oh, I'd, I'd love them to do it, Jimmy. Uh, I think uh, it'd be amazing to get, get over there. I think uh, there's a lot of footy trips that I've enjoyed over it, over that way. I don't see it happening at the moment. They, uh, oh. they love their traditional opener at uh, the MCG at uh, Richmond and Carlton each year. But oh, I tell you what, it's, it's innovative from the NRL to think about you know, expanding the game and also just taking, um, taking the clubs over there. Well, Sydney is the um, the Vegas of Australia, so it's... I thought Bris Vegas was. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Let's take it to Brisbane. Yeah, let's go to Brisbane. <laughs> we bottled it. Uh, Jude Bolton, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us, and uh, go well, my friend. Yeah, have a good one. Uh, begs, See a, you, Jude. begs a question, too. I mean, for, for many younger fans, Buddy Franklin would have been the best that they've seen yeah. play live, you know, in that arena, at the SCG, watching him go around, kicking that 1,000th goal. Yeah, all those things... There were, there were moments in matches with Buddy you thought no other human could do that. Mm. that they're the things that, that I rate him on, those yeah. moments in matches where he took control, he did things that no other human who's not six foot seven and that fast at that time and That's that it. could do. Who's the best athlete you've seen live? Oh, what, of all athletes? Of all, yeah, you had to be like in the stadium. Had, or... I can't watch it on TV. Nah, everyone's watching TV. You had to actually be, had to be there. You had to be at the venue. Yeah. It's not really a question, is it? Who's the greatest athlete you've seen on TV? Yeah, right? I know. That's like because we've all seen them. But so, sometimes you get an appreciation. Like, for example, at, it, it's one of like when I went to uh, the US, I, w- I went and saw the baseball live. You mm. see it on TV, it's a little bit boring. When you're there, I was fascinated and I saw like A Rod in. Yeah. You know, Great in person, play. hit a home run, and I was like, "That actually looks really hard yeah. to do." And you don't get that appreciation on the TV. I just thought, man, was that's... he is he yours, A Rod? It'd be one off, yeah. No, no, you can't have one off. You ask for one. Then yes, him. It's him. I'm going to go with it. What about you? I'm going with Frankel, the horse, the horse. Okay, I was there. Counts. I saw the Queen come down in the cart at, at Royal Ascot, yep. and I saw him win by about I don't know. 12 lengths. Right. One of the one of the greatest the greatest racehorse I've ever seen live. Okay. Is yours an animal or a human? <laughs> well, what is, what's yours? It's a human being. Yeah. Uh, it'd be Lionel Messi. Uh, Did you see I him live? I got to see him live for Barcelona in oh. 2011 in the Champions League final uh, against Manchester United at Wembley Stadium. He was phenomenal to watch. He'd been in the, in the flesh. Oh. Um, just a real appreciation of his, his touch, his distribution, mm. his skill, his dribbling. Uh, he was fantastic. Because he walks a lot, right? 
He he does a, he does more Nothing walking than he that. does. No, that's the thing. He does more walking because he's thinking. He's always looking. He's thinking, and then when he goes, you know something's going to happen. Makes the moment matter. Yeah. Hey, one triple three five three. Who's the greatest athlete you've seen live? Not a bad question. I like that question. Mm. Yours was a horse. If you've got an animal, you can say that. <laughs> if it's a human, you can say that as well. Right now, one triple three five three. Off the butt of uh, off the off the butt off off the back of uh, Buddy <laughs> Franklin retiring, asking you, uh, what's the best athlete? Who's the best uh, athlete you've ever seen live? Yours was a horse. Yeah, Frankel. Mm-hmm. Frankel was phenomenal. That's it. Beautiful horse. We want to know. Uh, it can be human. It can be equine. It can be anything. On one triple three five three, the best athlete you've seen live, uh, Denise in Winmalee. Who's yours? Um, Kathy Freeman. I was at the Ooh. Sydney 2000 Olympics when she won the 400 metres. It, it probably wasn't the greatest 400 metres ever run, but in the circumstances yes. and in the context of, of that Olympics at home and the, the, the reconciliation Olympics for her and the pressure that was on her, phenomenal performance, unmatchable. Yeah. And just the atmosphere of it, it was um, like it made the hair stand on the up and everything. It was just, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. Oh, brilliant. Sick bodysuit as well. Yeah. Haven't seen that since, really. You haven't seen the hood for a while. No, that's it. No. That's right. Uh, Ian, what's yours on 13353, the best athlete you've ever seen live? Hello, Ian. Hello, Ian. Ian's- hey, guys. There he is. Hello. Um, I'm going Ian Thorpe. Oh, well... At the, the Sydney Olympics and around that period there, he was unmatchable mm. in the pool. He, and he was young and he was setting world records and anchoring relays. And he's, he was a yeah, brilliant swimmer. I think the only swimmer I might rate above him in the male section would be... Uh, Phelpsy? Phelps. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was freak. a freak as well. Loves the Hong Kongs as well. Uh, Jason uh, in Camden, uh, <laughs> mate, finish us off. Uh, what is, uh, who is the best athlete you've ever seen live? Uh, Stone Warn. Oh, ah, the Warnie. Spin King. Warnie. Uh, he, yeah. had, he had to come up. Where did you see him? Uh, I saw his first test in Sydney. I've seen him about a dozen times, but uh, saw his first test and his last test. Yeah, absolutely no bias. Uh, Australian bias from our listeners, obviously. No. Huh. No, here we go. I went with an English racehorse. <laughs> here we go. I'm talking about our listeners. Oh, yeah. Okay. We were just talking about how brilliant Don Bradman was now that you brought up yeah. Shane Warne. There was a man whose records cannot be matched by the modern day players. And this is these are records created, what, 60 years ago. Mm. And they were playing on uncovered pitches with little tiny bats. He was batting out there to blokes bowling what would now be 150 kilometres an hour in a baggy green. That's it. No helmet. They weren't covered in body padding. It's the, the variables and the risk with those that he was able to create these incredible records. It, it's just, it's almost like alien. Mm. You were there. You're Phenomenal. Right. No, I wasn't there. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and because Jason from Camden uh, annoyed James Graham, you are our caller of the, of the day. <laughs> If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Deadset Legends Sports Update. You'll be right across this jam of the next Rugby League World Cup taking place in the Southern Hemisphere. So Southern Hemisphere in 2026. Um, it hasn't been said that it will be Australia, but uh, they're touted to host it along with New Zealand. Yeah, well, finally, um, the International Rugby League have got their act together after a, a meeting in Singapore. It was supposed mm. to be in France. It's now moved to the Southern Hemisphere. Southern 
hemisphere. I'm yeah. just delighted that it's going ahead. International Rugby League uh, is a real passion of mine. I speak to a lot of ex-players and talk about the the yesteryear of some of those uh, Australian tours, Great Britain tours coming here to these shores. Uh, and it's uh, sort of taking a, a backward step and mm. a bit of, uh, out of the limelight. So delighted that we've got a plan because we see the impact that international sport can have with the recent you know, Women's World Cup um, in football, soccer coming over here. Yeah. Like the the nation gets behind it, fans Absolutely. get behind it. And you know, with International Rugby League, although it's not being at the forefront, we've seen the emergence of teams like Tonga and Samoa yeah. become like genuine threats. Mm. So we need to we need to capitalize on that. Mia Culpa. Yes. I just said Randwick. It's Rose Hill. Is it Rose Hill? Yeah, it is. Everyone I never run it today, so everyone had forgotten. No yeah. one cared. <laughs> but thank no, you for that. Apologies. I like, I mean, I like, this guy's a horse trainer. I like the reduction of teams to 16 down to 10, so you're going to be getting the best of the best. Yeah, the best of the best. I mean, I guess that's um, that's up to the International Rugby League. It'd be interesting to see how they uh, structure all those groups and, and the games yeah. and the amount of exposure that the uh, Southern Hemisphere public get to those quality players, but uh, a plan is great. Yes. Why do they call the test series between Australia and England in Rugby League the Ashes. Surely that's a cricket thing. Uh, maybe, yeah. I, it's an interesting one, that Richard. I'm not too sure. It, I guess it's it's always what it used to be called. Yeah. Um, I'd be interesting to see which came first. Yeah. Well, I believe no. The, it had to be. Well, they wouldn't have, if they hadn't burnt the bales and created ashes yes. in cricket. There'd be no ashes. I think oh, they burnt. Yeah, I think they burnt a steed and then put it in a can of KB, <laughs> and that's the ashes <laughs> for. Uh, it just seems like a, a confusing messaging to call that the ashes okay. because as soon as you say ashes. People are going to think cricket. All right, well, we'll find you a phone number and you can call someone and right. uh, complain Who cares? about that. Commonwealth yeah. Games is dead. It's a step closer to being oh, scrapped yeah. after it was confirmed that Canada has pulled out of a bid to host the 2030 Games. Just a bid, and I'm pretty sure they were the only bid to host the 2030 well, Games. They don't want it. That's, that's the, the 2030 Games, I think, was... Was it Edmonton in Canada? Somewhere in Canada, yeah. yeah. They, they were going to try and get the the 100-year um, anniversary Games, but they, they've since pulled out, and I think... Um, the Prime Minister Sunak in in the UK said that there's maybe places that that would be up for hosting it, but it all comes down to to money. Unfortunately, sport yeah. is now a business, and well, you know, it, it, it was going to cost them an absolute fortune down there in Victoria. Well, I think people have woken up, right? That the, these games just purely cost. Mm. Right? They, they always come out with all oh, the contribution to the economy. They they all made up figures. Those yeah, things. Yeah. They are completely yeah, made people up. People are going to spend their money anyway. You'd be like better off getting <laughs> yeah, the seven billion and giving everybody a debit card with a thousand dollars credit on it in Victoria, and and that'd be more of a contribution to the economy than the games will ever be. Mm. However, you could say that about about building any infrastructure. You know, if it, it all came down to how much it was going to contribute to the economy, you'd never build any of it. But you know, they so they do have their place. But I reckon this is emblematic of where the Commonwealth Games is going. They don't want to host it in 2030 in Canada. I know they've got plenty of time to find another city, but, you know, it's it, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. And and how do you just kill off a, a games like the Com Games with its history? and Pretty easily you say, this this isn't happening anymore. Well, and when, you're when stuck competing. Some, how, how do you say, well, there are no more from now on? Who says that? Well, if you've got a medal, good on you, because you won it when it existed. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but anymore. who's going to say that? To you. Who decides Have fun at that? the Olympics. You can go there in two years. Okay. Maybe, so there's no maybe answer to in my like question. A, maybe in another twenty years we're still here. Part of the the quiz will be what was the name of the games that used to exist? <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, what was those games what called? Were again? Those games. Oh, called? Well, they used. To, they, we can get over that. They used to be called the Empire Games, but then they changed they, it. Oh, the Commonwealth Games. I'm Richard. I know things. Hey, uh, let's get to <laughs> let's get 
just except where the races are today. Yeah, except that uh, the send-offs in the NRL very quickly. I haven't seen many this year. In this round alone, you've had two send-offs. A trainer got bloody sent off as well in the other game. Um, it's probably the wrong time of the year to to be handing down that edict. Yeah, it seems strange. Uh, Nathan Brown set the tone on on Thursday evening. He was on the field for a grand total of around about 30 seconds uh, Mm. before he got sent off um, (laughs) with his very first tackle attempt. Um, Look, I think it it does seem strange that the two incidences that have happened uh, on Thursday and Friday resulting in Nathan Brown and Mo Fodawaka being sent off. uh, uh, The the only previous send-off uh, it was one of the Saifiti boys yes. who was was sent off in, I think, round two from memory for the Newcastle Knights. So my question is, um, for Nathan Brown and Mo Fadawaka, are they the the worst two incidences Didn't look that we've it, seen on the rugby league field since round two? I, it, I, I don't know. Do you not find it suspicious that two players get sent off seemingly out of the blue in two separate matches on the one weekend that someone hasn't said, Start sending them off. Well, yeah. per- perhaps I think you know Valentine Holmes has been involved in a number of um, incidences. He plays in the centres. That's he, so he's come up and in. It's direct yeah. contact to the head. Yeah, prize. I, I, I think there's a little bit of a positionist um, at play here. So positionist. Brown, what do you mean by that? Well. They're being discriminated against because they play in the middle of the field. Nathan Brown, Mo Fodawaka, <laughs> positionist. I love that. You think because they play in the middle of the field, they've been discriminated against? Absolutely, they are. Did you play in the middle of the field? I sure did. Yeah. And were you discriminated against? Absolutely. He'd know. Oh, they did it. <laughs> they never come to us for captain's challenges. So right. I, I, there is an, an element of, of seriousness ab- about that, that claim because I think Valentine Holmes, he had a number of incidences recently where he's got more time to pull out of making that decision, uh, playing on an edge in the centres, but... Because he's one of the game's superstars and plays in the centres, um, it's not seemed as, as as aggressive. Where Nathan Brown gets somebody in the head, nobody wants to see players get hit in no. the head. Uh, and Mo Fodder wake it. Poor old uh, Charles Nickel Cluckster was in a, a bad bad Wilder way. Hurt, yeah. Um, look, I just think one of the things is consistency, I, I, and I don't think we're getting that. And I think the fact that these two guys play in the middle of the field hasn't helped. Do you their think cause. we'll ever get consistency, or do you think it's just outside no. of the human? Ability. We'd like it, but it's it's almost impossible. The way to fix it, though, and I've said this before, get ridiculed and laughed. Robot referees, because they can't be influenced right. by emotion. AI. Here we, got Here we go. A quantum, a quantum computer right. at the side that, of the game. Is that game? like the dog on four legs? Will he be the referee, or will it be something more like the robot out of the out of Lost in Space? You know. Yeah. Danger, danger. <laughs> Will Robinson. <laughs> little, one of I think a, a little bit more uh, artificially intelligent right. than the okay. robot from Lost in Space. <laughs> no wonder you get rid of <laughs> Right now, we're getting Richard's racing tip. Before we do that, I heard a horse's name today. I can't shake, and I don't like it, and I want to see if we can get it changed. The horse's name is Communist. Now, horses... A pretty good horse. horse. Yeah, but horse names with political leanings. Discuss. Now I don't want to back it because it's called communist. And I think the horse itself is a communist. (laughs) What, do you think he should share all his prize money with all the other (laughs) horses? No, don't take that. We've all got to finish the race at the same time. We've all got to to drink from the same trough. We've got to eat from the same hay bale. And I'm like, well, I don't like it. No, I know the blokes who who own that horse and he's he's a pretty good horse. He's won a group one. He's not a slouch. Yeah, but you know, I don't know if I can back it. You know what I mean? Well, see how you go. I think I think if you thought it could win, you wouldn't worry about its name. Would you be okay the with all the political themed um like Republican? Yeah. Yeah. 
Democrat, the Democrat. Democrat, yeah. That's Democratic political. convention. The, Democratic convention. So what do you got against communist? The socialist. The so, no, socialist, I don't like. Oh, so. It's one side. Anyone left-leaning. <laughs> Any name left-leaning, you're against. Ah, okay. Well, I've revealed my true okay. colours. Hey, let's get so your... So Marxist will be all right. Marxist. So. Carl. Call the horse, uh, right. the hell, horse Carl. Yeah. Just call Fascist, it Carl. Fascist, that'll be okay. <laughs> no. On the right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Too far right. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's get your, your tip. What's your tip for today? Rose uh, Hill? No. no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Eagle Farm. <laughs> Okay. Eagle Farm. Up in Brisbane. I love yeah. Eagle Farm. I've got a couple of runners in the race. They're second and third favourites, and there's nothing between them. And people are saying, oh, which one of the two do you like? Well, one's name is Field Weary, and the other one's name is Amatuba. And you know what? There's nothing between these two mares. Yeah. They just, they, they could finish first and second, or they could finish fifth and sixth, but there'll be nothing between them on the track, I don't think. Okay. Well, that doesn't help with which I know, is going to win. I know. <laughs> but they've both got very good chances. I think you should throw them both in your multiples, both of them. Yeah. But if I have to pick one of the two, I probably go with Field Weary. Field Weary? Yeah. Yeah, well, she's, I'm going to go with Amatuba because I like saying that better. Amatuba. Amatuba. That's a cool name. Which is, uh, I think, in uh, in the Afrikaans, mm. that has a, a certain meaning of strength. It's Sick a very name. positive thing, I think. Better than communist. Hey, can I ask you too? I like following the money. Uh, what is it? Bonnie Ezra in race nine at Rose Hill. Yeah, so late in the day. This, back. this thing opened at $18 yeah. in the six fifty with J-Mac well, on. You know what? Funny thing. I had a, a bet yesterday on something that firmed from 10s to 7s in a race. Ran 88th. That's not always a, the greatest guide, but that is a big firm in a city race because that takes a lot of money to do that. It's a lot of barriers too. <laughs> Imagine wheeling all them out. 88th in a race, my goodness. Um, you know what I mean. Why I do you do that? Because uh, it annoys huh? you and I like annoying you. <laughs> Four and 20. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. We're the Dead Set Legends Player of the Week. You've got the honours this week. Richard, who is it? It is the great Buddy Franklin, oh, who course. retired this week from a stellar career. Just some of the stats around him. Played 354 games for Hawthorne before going to Sydney on that 10-year deal. I think it was 10 years. Nine-year deal it was, worth $10 million. Uh, he booted 1,066 goals. Who will ever forget the thousandth goal when the crowd attacked him? Did he score 66 after that? 66 after that, yeah. That's amazing. Well, he scored 52 last year. Yeah, but I yeah, but like that feels really current to me, and then he scored sixty six after yeah, that. Yeah, thousand and sixty six wow. goals. Right, he's won two premierships with Hawthorne. Sadly, not one with the Swans, but he was the the uh, he was eight time All Australian. He was four time Coleman Medal winner, which is for the most goals in a season. Um, he's just a phenomenon. He's one of the greatest players I've ever seen play the game. In fact, if I had to name two players that that I always thought that Wayne Carey was the greatest AFL player I'd seen in my lifetime mm. because he could turn a game. He could do things no one else could do. Buddy was in that category. Yeah. Matilda's World Cup campaign rolls on this coming Monday, taking on Denmark in their round of 16 clash. Uh, to preview it, joined by former Socceroo Robbie Slater. And listen, before we move forward, we have to look back. Uh, needed to beat Canada, Robbie, um, to progress to the round of 16. Did so emphatically. Did that performance sort of signal the Matildas as legitimate contenders in this World Cup? Yeah, I do believe. Uh, and good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, and what's happened to Candace? She's, she's scared of me. Oh, she's and, somewhere in the world, uh, Robbie. Yeah. We don't know. She's somewhere. She's yeah, that's something. right. You know, she's somewhere that's, you know, probably with David out there, you know, flying to India. Living or, it up, yeah. Um, or living it up, yeah. yeah Five-star hotels. Anyway, um, 100% right. And I did, and I'd just like to announce that I did tip them before the tournament, the Matildas. 
and I was uh, doubting them the first two games. Uh, their performances weren't great. But quite often in tournaments like this, you know, it's the slow starters that come through at the end. And that performance against Canada, putting, putting into context, they were the Olympic gold medalist, Canada, you know, higher ranked than us. I think ranked seven in the world. We're ranked 10. Mm. It, was a, it was a statement. It wasn't just, you know, like a win where you two goals to one or you're a bit lucky or, you know, even evenly matched and you just scraped through. They crushed the Olympic champions, and uh, for me, it was a real statement. And you know, all without the best player in the world in in Sam Kerr. So the the girls proved, and the coach, and credit where credit was due, he That's was true. heavily criticised yeah. against uh, Nigeria, <laughs> particularly by me. Yeah. But fairly, but I fairly, think, you I know. think on this show, yeah, but fairly. I mean, you're in the hot seat. You're in the hot seat. That's, you know? it. That's why they get paid the big money. Robbie, there's been some big nations not be able to get out of the group stages. Who's been the biggest disappointment, in uh, in your opinion? I think uh, the biggest disappointment would have to be Germany. Yeah. Um, you know, Alexander Pop is you know, up with Sam Kerr as one of the best goal scorers in the country, and uh, in the world, sorry. And she, she did score a number of goals, but gee, they missed some chances. And it wasn't only in that last game against Korea. It was in the game against Colombia, where, where really... They should have won both games. If you look at, you know, not only possession, possession isn't always a telltale uh, factor. You look at Australia against Canada, Canada had 65% possession, but we smashed them. Uh, but, you know, Germany, more shots and good chances, really good chances. Mm. And, and I think in, against South Korea in the, in the last 20 minutes, they just panicked and they didn't look like scoring. But other disappointments, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of countries that came here with hopes. But I think, um, yeah, Germany going home. Who was the other one? Someone's slipping my mind here. Oh, Brazil. Brazil, yeah, Brazil. Yeah, yes and no. Uh, obviously, the big story there was that their, their player Marta played in six World Cups. That's just phenomenal. So it didn't. She didn't get the fairy tale ending. But I think the biggest disappointment, you know, ranked two in the world, Germany behind USA. Yeah. And USA just scraped through, and they're yeah. going to have a really yeah. tough game. That's it. But it's on a... the flip side of that, Robbie, is you see scenes like those Moroccan girls just going crazy, mm. getting through. I mean, that that they were uplifting scenes, I have to say. Um, Sam Kerr, we're playing Denmark. They're ranked 13th in the world. Um, I think the last time we beat them, we beat them 3-1. Uh, so how do you rank our chances, and will Sam play? I think we're firm favourites. I don't think Sam will play. She mm. may play... Some part apparently she's running now, and you need more. You know, for a calf muscle to have recovered, you need more than just running, of course, because the intensity of a game is you can't match it in training. But I think, given the performance, I think you played the same team. Uh, I think Mary Fowler was outstanding, as was Caitlin Ford, and and they didn't have a bad player. So I, I think they they'll beat Denmark comfortably. Um, it might be a lot closer than Canada, but I think they'll win it. And Sam might play some part towards the end. Yeah, well, if she doesn't need to, she won't, right? Mary Fowler, she is well beyond her years. Her vision as as a young woman, a young footballer, absolutely unreal. Cannot wait. 2.4 million people tuned in against Canada. And I dare say it's going to be more on Monday against Denmark. Uh, former Socceroo Robbie Slater, always a pleasure, my man. Go well. It is <laughs> Australia. <laughs> 
have retained the Ashes, but fell short of winning their first series in England since 2001. What? I'm, I'm glad you worded it that way. <laughs> what? Yeah, you're not going to like this. Well, because you lost. You did lose. What terrible sports. What terrible oh, sports the English behavior. were during this series. What? It disgusted me. Ah, dreadful. Their behaviour, you know, crying and bleating about how they'd been disadvantaged, you know, while taking every advantage themselves. Oh, the whinging, and the then, whining. And then the, these bespectacled old men you in their striped pants oh. and, and, you know, check jackets in the long room, abusing our players Tripping. as they came off the field, trying to trip them over. Verbal, physical. The well, whole if, thing if you, was an embarrassment look, to England. No, we're still going. If, if, you, if, if you think getting a tirade off the toffs is a difficult thing, like if you, there were some northerners in there, oh. it would they would have been flying fists. If you can't take... That's why they don't let them in if there. You, <laughs> if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you can't take some... oh. Why? You're not no. playing in the spirit of the game, you know, you <laughs> bloody Aussie. You bloody Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't take that, like, Were you what are they going to do? Like, it, like you should have just knocked one of them out. You can't do that. You can't. On the, live television these days, Jimmy, just to inform you. The, the, I, I know, but if you can't take that, like, what, what, what chance have you got in life if you can't take a, <laughs> well, a we tirade won. from a toff? We won. We've got so no chance in life. We kept the ashes, so clearly we were able to the cope thing with I, it. The thing I didn't love, James, is it's very traditional for the, uh, you know, teams to have a beer in the sheds. Oh. After the match, My and uh, they weren't invited in. They weren't no. invited into the English. They tried to get in six times. They wanted a beer badly. Yeah, and no answer. No, no. one answered the door. Stokes, Stokesy said that they went and caught up at the nightclub afterwards, but you can't fact check that. And the yeah. optics are we can't see that exactly. Well, they were knocking at the door. There was a doorbell there. No, there's don't no knock. doorbell there. <laughs> no, don't, so don't start making things up. Your people behaved Your people. in a petulant <laughs> manner. They did. Well, doesn't it, doesn't it just add to the spice next time they play each other? Over here on these shores, the Barmy Army will be in full swing. I wonder if the Australian public will treat the English cricketers oh. with and, the same level of contempt. What about, what about the English blowing up about how they were robbed by the weather? They invented the damn game. That's it. Right? They know they've got crap weather in England. Why are they whinging about it now? Yeah. Let's keep changing the rules. Let's have a reserve day. That's a great idea. I thought it would be. Hey, Get this with is the, the times. This who's, is the, who's booking their ticket to the reserve day? I know. Tell me about it. This is the most fight I've seen an English person put up in the last seven weeks. Oh, <laughs> he hates it. I do like your captain, though. He's, yeah, he's, a, he's a fighter. Rusty's Motorsport Update. For Bendix, Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. That's it, and you can hear his wonderful podcast, Rusty's Garage, on the Listener app now. Absolutely free to listen to. L-I-S-T-N-R is how you spell listener. Morning, Rusty. Morning, guys. How are we? Very well, thanks, El Rusto. Ah. <laughs> Do you know how boring my week was, Rusty? I was I was looking at words with rust in them. I Googled that. Were you? Yeah, not many. <laughs> I had to go to another yeah. language. The rustler. I was going to go with the rustler. The ru- what? what? You wasted it. Ah, That's no, next week. Sorry. Forget I said that. Anyway, okay. Belgium, the Grand Prix there, that was pretty high on, uh, on, on emotion there with Oscar Piastri getting run off at the first corner. Can you just take us through... Whose fault that was? Because I couldn't work it out from anybody's statements. Was it was Sainz's fault or or Piastri's fault? Can you figure it out? Uh, without sounding patriotic, I reckon it was ambitious of Carlos Sainz. He locked a brake going in there and in, in, in endeavouring Richard to turn the car to get it to the apex. He basically shuts the door on Oscar. It means Oscar's options are really limited. Now, he's tried to 
kind of in his post-race comments level a bit of blame at Oscar, saying, look, if you if you look at the history of incidents uh, at turn one, lap one in that race, this is what happens. So you need to make kind of wiser decisions. But I'm, I'm of the view that uh, the Ferrari driver got in there a, a bit hot. And all the great work that Oscar did on, on Saturday, remember he had that podium on Saturday in the sprint race. This is the main event you're talking about now, the GP on the Sunday. And we had really high hopes for him. And unfortunately, it was all over a couple of corners later with damage to the car. So I, I still think, Richard, the positive of Saturday, the fact that McLaren is on the up at a number of tracks, um, that's all good tonic to take into the summer break. And hopefully they have a ripping second half. Yeah, well, Rusty, the team Dan Ricciardo considered going back to is in turmoil. Did he dodge a bullet there? James, I reckon he kind of did. Uh, so this is, they're called nowadays the Alpine team, the performance division of Renault, if you like. They were Renault when he was there. And they've got some very good people uh, behind the scenes. They had a plan to try and get that outfit back into a winning position within uh, kind of 100 GPs. And they have uh, basically let go three signature or key people. So I just hope they can get things behind the scenes back in order because young Jack Doohan is waiting in the wings and a part of their academy there. So um, Are they running yeah, out of money? Oh, well, I mean, let's, let's not forget they've got Hollywood heavyweights that have bought in there. I think Ryan Reynolds bought in yeah. in recent times. So oh. they're not, I don't think they're short of dough. It's just, I just, just think it's, um, you know, management changes within Renault and so on. They've just got to, like anything, Richard, just, just get a bit of harmony back in the yeah. place. Yeah, a little call for calm for uh, some expletives uh, that were broadcast on the telly last week. Some effing and jeffing from uh, the pit to car radio chat and supercars in Sydney. So, Brendan, I mean, I thought it was, as we talked about in last week's show, an amazing spectacle under lights. They had a great crowd there. Fabulous Mm. weekend of racing. Now, Barry Ryan at Erebus got a bit fired up when he was interviewed for um, the television and there was an F-bomb there. Now, he... Popped a five grand fine, two and a half suspended, and he's got to do a bit of community service around. Community service? No. What is going on in the world? That is is within the bounds of racing, though. He's got to work with the officials at an upcoming meeting and so on. The thing for me is a few people on socials have levelled stuff at Will Brown. I I think the reporter, Chad Nalon, who was just doing his job and does a ripping job, popped a little bit too. Don't do that, please, folks. And... And whatever we do here, can we please not turn this into all vanilla, you know, people like Barry Ryan, who's a great outspoken character. We don't want him shying away from television oh interviews. We God. want personality. We want, we want that stuff. Oh, you know? my God. You know, in horse racing, people are uh, using expletives on a you know, minute-by-minute yes. basis, and people <laughs> just go, oh, that's, that's just how we talk, you know? Mm. And, okay, it's probably not desirable, but no one gives a rat about uh, it. <laughs> Careful. Community service. <laughs> exactly. Do they need to speak better or more better? They need to speak <laughs> better. Better. This, that, that, Rusty, don't ask what, how this has come <laughs> up. This came up earlier in the show. No. Uh, Greg Rust, always a pleasure, my man. It's all thanks to Bendix Brace. Put your foot down with confidence. We'll talk to you next week. Can I leave you with a, another rusty nickname for Richard to consider? Oh, please. I used to get called, to get called by a colleague at Channel 10 who was Greek. She used to call me Skurios Menos, which I think means the rusted one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Skurios Menos. That's Pass. my, that's my Pass. Pass. Oh, I love that. that. Oh, please. That's terrible. A lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Richard's List of Grievances. You know what one of the most hackneyed overused piece of the Australian vernacular has become nation building. If I hear some politician or bureaucrat use that term again, 
I immediately think, as soon as they say it, this bloke or this woman has got no idea mm. how, what they're doing or how to justify it. They just come out with nation building. Everything's nation building. What? Is putting out your garbage bins, is that nation building? Because that helps the nation. It does. You know, everything can be nation building. Anything you want to name that is not bad can be nation building. Literally, adds to landfill, so, builds the nation. Exactly. Mm. That's not what I meant. <laughs> That's very. Just see, trying that to help. wasn't nation building. Just trying to help. That wasn't very nation building. <laughs> that of you. was not very nation buildingest of you. <laughs> they do it on Utopia a lot. They parody that. Oh. Have you seen Utopia? Yes, I very love you. funny. But it frustrates the hell out of me, like most things do. Yeah. Right? It is just aggravating to hear. Any politician, be it the Prime Minister or any one of those underlings that they have down there who think they're important, who aren't important, use the term nation building. Never, ever use it again. Okay. All right? Okay. It's now to be deleted from the Australian vernacular. Who did it recently that you saw? Prime Minister. (sighs) But he he is building the nation. He has to say nation building. No, because it can be applied to anything. Okay. Right? Picking up your your dog poo, nation building. Hmm. Anything. You name anything. It's all nation building. The more he's saying it, the more I like nation building. I don't know oh, about yeah. I like it. I like world peace as well. <laughs> world peace. Four more years. Build a nation. <laughs> We're loving it. Ah, oh, it's very funny. <laughs> Laugh it up, boys. <laughs> Laugh it up. Have a chuckle. Just enjoy your week, Ken Stead Set Legends.